Church, it is good to be with you on this, I believe it's the third Sunday of Lent, is that right? Anybody know? <laughs> it's good for, to be here in this time of Lent. It's a time for us to be contemplating more and more what it means for us to recognize the need for the cross. Time for us to just be humble and to understand that it, without Jesus Christ, we have no new life. So it is in that that we come and we worship together. There are a few announcements that I want to point out for you this morning. Uh, it is coin missions today, so be prepared for when our children come out to uh, gather that in for us today. I uh, just wanted to remind you just to look at everything that is here. There was an announcement that wasn't in there I want to point out. Uh, there is going to be a family night at the end of the month on March 26th. It's going to be a game night kind of theme, and it'll be from 5 to 7, so put that on your calendars. Uh, the women and men of, uh, of faith will be having their respective uh, time gatherings uh, a week from Monday. Uh, and there's a community blood drive that's coming up that you want to make sure you get signed up for that to make sure that you are on the calendar. also want to note that there is a card shower for Joan Sitters or Siders. Uh, make sure that uh, if you want to participate in that, to do that as well. I believe that's all the, the announcements that we have for this morning. Uh, with that, you rise for the call to worship. Good morning. I, I actually had two more announcements related to uh, kind of introducing ourselves and, and, and introducing Pastor Jeff. So there's a sign up for, for if you're interested in hosting meet and greets. So over the next several weeks, we're going to try to plan out small group gatherings at, at congreg congregants' houses, um, and we could do that maybe by group um, or by location. Um, so if you're interested in, in hosting one of those, you can sign up out in the, out in the lobby, um, and then we'll, we'll figure out the dates and times later. And then thanks for participating in our na name tag idea, just as a way to introduce ourselves to the pastor and reintroduce ourselves to each other, because we have some new... We have some new faces, um, and it's always, it's always interesting to learn names and learn something interesting about, uh, about each other. So be, be prepared for next week to think about your favorite ice cream flavor. That's going to be the, uh, that's what, it, what you're going to write under your name next week. So think about your favorite ice cream flavor next week. Okay, please join me for the call to worship. God calls us, calls with a blessing. Our help is in God. God calls with a promise. Our help is in God. God calls through our questions. Our help is in God. God calls through the Spirit. Our, our help, help is in God. God. Please join with me on hymn number 127, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah.
seated. Please join with me in the opening prayer found in your bulletin. Spirit of help and hope, be with us this day. Breathe into our prayers and praise. Breathe into our spirits. Breathe into our worship with your promise of help, your promise of rebirth, and your promise of blessing. In faith and trust we pray, amen. Children, it's time for children's moment. Please come up. Um, join me for our children's moment. Okay. Hi, I like everybody's name tags. Does anybody want a chance to say your name in the, in the microphone for everybody to know your name? Because we're all about introducing ourselves today. My name's Chad, and my favorite color is blue. Does anybody want to talk? I'm a Jonathan. Red. My name is Luke Mossing, and my favorite color is blue. My name's Catherine, and my favorite color is red. Anybody else want to talk? Okay. You want to talk? What's your name and favorite color? I am Jeff, otherwise known as Pastor Jeff, and my favorite color is green. Okay. So we have a brief children's moment. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about uh, another symbol of Easter, and today I thought about just talking about a, a, a one more. That's an Easter theme over the last couple of weeks. So I have a bunch of Easter eggs. Does anybody know why we give Easter eggs at Easter? What's the reason? Anybody want to guess? Anybody want to talk in the microphone? Okay. So in our opening prayer that we just had, um, they, they talked about Jesus' promise of rebirth. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we could be born again um, with him. Um, and we have, the, we have the chance to go to heaven because we believe in Jesus Christ. Him, him dying on the cross gave us the opportunity. And so eggs, eggs represent birth, right? Eggs hatch and they become chick, chickens, geese, ducks. And so this is a symbol of God's promise of rebirth to us. So that's what I wanted to give to you today in, the, in our second Easter basket of Lent. You guys can all grab an Easter egg filled with candy. I had to choose what candy to buy at Grocery Land this morning, and I chose my wife's favorite candy because I'm really smart. <laughs> I always pick my wife's favorite when I can. Take one. Okay. Catherine, take one for Karen. Okay. And anybody else want to take an extra one for a parent or anybody? Take an extra one. Okay, now we are gonna we gonna we have coins for missions Sunday, so we are gonna we are gonna go around and ask for donations from everyone for our missions. So go around and go around to the rows. Show them your smiling faces. You can keep your egg. Put that in your pocket, and then and they're going to put change in there. So who helps us up? <laughs> I'll help you up, and you can help me up. <laughs>
Okay, um, our Old Testament lesson for today is Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. The, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join with me in the prayer hymn, Spirit of God, Descend Upon My Heart, hymn number 500. As we come to our time of prayer this morning, I want us to remember that we truly are coming to the Lord in, in our time of worship. We're coming to our Lord in this time of prayer to submit ourselves to the Lord and saying, Lord, I cannot do life on my own. It's something that is hard for us as humans to be able to make that acknowledgement. We're so much of the time told that we are supposed to be the, those who can do it on our own, be independent, be strong. But it is in this time that we recognize and we come before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I cannot be alone. And I know with you, I am not alone. So this morning, as we think about all the things that are going on uh, throughout the world and in our lives, it is time for us to just submit those things, those concerns that are deep in our hearts. And this morning I wanted to mention uh, the name of Carol Shaw, uh, as she is going to have a surgery tomorrow. And I wanted to make sure that you uh, were keeping her in prayer. It's about coming together knowing that we're not alone. Uh, so be mindful of that uh, tomorrow as Carol goes through this difficult time. Also, just know that there is something within you that maybe you're holding or withholding, just release that today and give that over to God. Let us go to prayer. Gracious and merciful God, we come to you today as your people. We come to you knowing that we are ones who are seeking. You tell us to seek you to knock on the doors and to be open to hearing from you. So 
So Lord, we ask that you would speak to us directly to our hearts. That you would open our minds to all these things that are happening around us. That we wouldn't just be a part of society and just walking through each day. Open us, O oh God, to the pain and the grief and the joy and the excitement that is happening, that are in people's lives that they are experiencing. Lord, we are grateful that you see us, that you hear us. So give us courage, O oh God, to be those that hear and see among us, that we are willing to step in the gap just as you were for us. Lord, we do think of Carol today as she prepares for tomorrow. Be with the, uh, the staff and everyone at the hospital, the doctors and the nurses. We just ask that this would be a procedure that goes just as you design to bring healing and hope and security. In our world, O oh God, we see all kinds of hopelessness. May we be the hope that people see as we walk out into living our lives. Again, O oh God, we are grateful. May our gratitude be seen in our actions, in our, in our lives every day. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Each day is a new day, and we're given opportunities to do uh, various kinds of things. One of those things that we do when we come to worship is to give back. We give back understanding how much we have been given. This morning, as we come forward, just be thinking about how these gifts that we bring are gifts that go out into our community as we share the light of Christ. Ushers, would you please wait
please join in the dedication of these offerings. God, our help and our hope, bless these gifts that they may bring help to the needy and hope to the despairing. Bless us this day that our very lives may be gifts of help and hope for your world. Amen. Please be seated. from the word of John. Now there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows whichever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not know, understand these things. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word of God for the people of God. Please be seated.
Well, last week, the challenge that was proposed is that we pay attention to what kinds of things we want to take control of and to give up control when it is not ours to take. The root of the problem is that our sinfulness, and what I like to refer to as our selfishness in nature, desires to control what we consider as good and evil, which is rightfully our Creator's role. So giving up control calls for us to know the Word and the ways of God as revealed by the Holy Spirit to us, so that we can resist the temptation and the deception to rule over our own lives, to instead follow Jesus our Lord and His mission and His ministry. So when we become Christians... We are essentially acknowledging that we took something that wasn't ours and we give it back to God when we accept Jesus Christ as the reigning authority in our lives. What we find out pretty quickly, though, is that giving up control is an everyday kind of thing. Jesus told his disciples on, on several occasions that there was a cost of discipleship. And too often, the disciples, they expected things to be different than what they were experiencing, and their grip of control tightened. Maybe you can relate. So today, we are giving up expectations. I want us to consider what expectations should we give up to strengthen our walk of faith. Now, expectations, they have a way of deceiving us. Our perspectives or our outlooks, they are shaped by them. In our minds, we, we make these pictures of, of what things should be like. Then we evaluate life at any given moment based on that picture that we have. Depending on what we see, we could be happy, sad, or angry. We could be grateful and excited or possibly just confused. I think in our gospel lesson today, Nicodemus was confused. When he ended his conversation with Jesus, questioning, how can this be? Jesus' words didn't match the picture of Nicodemus' mind. 
So expectations can really create problems for us. They can set us up for disappointment. They can keep us from enjoying life What when we expect the worst. Or it can even strain our relationships when we expect others to always agree with us. So anyway, expectations, you can see they play a huge part in the realities of our lives, at least in the way that we feel about them. So what expectations have you set for yourself? Or more importantly, what have you placed on others that are setting you up for disappointment or disagreement? Now, when I counsel uh, young couples preparing to get married, I often talk to them about dealing with conflicts that make them angry. I tell them or suggest to them that anger and frustration comes from unmet expectations. So I tell them to ask themselves, what is it that is not being met? And, of course, does your partner know about these expectations? Maybe you can relate with that. So do you see how our everyday experience is influenced by our perspective of how we believe things should be? Well, the same is true with our belief in the new life that Jesus offers us in and through him. There are expectations that we have of our faith. Now, some are good to have. Here here are some that are good to have. We trust that our sins are forgiven. We rely on God when we feel alone or persecuted or we're sick. We're convinced that our prayers are are heard and they're answered. We anticipate Jesus' return to usher in a new creation. And we believe that on Jesus' return or at the time of our earthly death, we will live eternally with our triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These are all spiritually healthy expectations that shape a reality that can withstand the winds of change. The problem comes when we expect our faith to eliminate challenge, heartbreak, difficult times, and hard work from our lives. Look at this picture. Sometimes we might believe that our life as Christians should be this upward trajectory of prosperity and ease like the image might portray on the left. When in reality, life on earth is much more like the picture on the right. Do you agree? It is true that our faith should be steadily growing. And we should be able to walk with God through whatever life brings our way. But we can't expect our lives to be free from those twists and turns that come. There are Christians who believe in this uninhibited upward trajectory and continually doubt their faith because their lives are filled with ups and downs, just like someone who who doesn't have a faith in Christ. We don't have to doubt our faith. Just adjust the picture we might have of our faith journey. We must give up the misguided expectation of prosperity and ease throughout our lives. Now, we've all heard the words from Jeremiah, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, these plans, they are to shape us into the children of God that we were created to be. The plan is for us to flourish in our relationships with the Lord and with others, to be productive and caring for all of creation and multiplying the goodness of the kingdom of God. Our creator has given us hope in Christ through a promise of eternal life, as well as a promise to guide us throughout our lives by the Holy Spirit. That's the plan. Now, we must recognize that we have been created to be part of the plan of eternity. When we seek our Lord with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength, as the scripture tells us, we open ourselves to hear the Lord's voice and to make ourselves available to the living God 
to participate in the work of the plan. So Abram, in the scripture, it describes him as a friend of God. And he heard this from the Lord. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. That was it. He didn't know where he was going or what he would encounter on the way. But he went anyway. His relationship with God was healthy and he trusted the Lord's leading without knowing all of the details. Friends, how many times have have we heard the voice of our creator pointing us or nudging us in a direction but failed to go because we didn't have all the details? We need to give up the expectation that God will provide a complete plan for us. We need to be more diligent in our seeking the next steps through focused prayer, listening closely to the Spirit, and then sharing what we hear with each other, rather than expecting to see a master plan laid out before us. But God does have plans for us, individually and as a church. But we need to be willing to go like Abram, taking one step at a time and listening for the guidance of where we are to go next. But I get it. We love knowing it all. We want details so that we can follow them, that we can stay on track and know that what we are accomplishing is is happening and, and we also can all see where we're going. We don't like the unknown, but that is natural. Nicodemus wasn't any different from us. He appeared to be a a detail-oriented person who was willing to commit to a plan. He excelled in the law and became one of the top teachers and leaders of the Jewish faith in his time. He was highly intelligent and respected. He was confident in his ability to discern the law and the prophets. But Jesus confused him. He believed Jesus was from God because of the miraculous signs, but it still didn't add up for him. He was intrigued by Jesus, and Jesus tried to clear things up, saying, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit It gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand. The picture that he had in his mind of the future kingdom included nothing about some rebirth. He was a Jewish man and a leader in the faith. And according to his knowledge and understanding, his people had been promised a kingdom under the rule of the Messiah. They had a birthright. Rebirth? Rebirth didn't make sense to him. And it doesn't make sense to us in many ways, right? Faith doesn't always make sense. There is mystery in faith. Being born anew in the Spirit, well, it invites us to open our imaginations, to change our expectations of who we are and whose we are. We need to give up the idea that we will have full clarity of our faith. Friends, there will always be more to be revealed to us through the Spirit until Jesus returns. I ask you, recall the mystery of faith. That's what we call it, the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Each phrase requires us to accept the unreasonable. Faith is filled with the unknown. We may not be able to understand everything, But we can believe in Jesus Christ and be assured by the spirit of truth throughout our faith journeys. 
Now, new birth, it also reveals to us that entering the kingdom is not something that we do on our own. It is something that is done for us. Just like a child is brought into this world by a mother who gives birth to them after they've been formed in the womb. Likewise, Jesus Christ offers eternal life in the kingdom. In him, through reconciliation, through the water, and transformation through the spirit. We are cleansed of our sins and we are given new life. We need to give up the expectations that we must earn our new life in Christ. There's nothing we can do other than surrender to the love of Christ and follow him. And finally, in verse two, we see that Nicodemus came to see Jesus at night. He came to see Jesus because he believed he was from God. However, his belief and intrigue were masked by his desire to keep it secret from his peers by coming to see Jesus in the dark of night. He wanted to know more about Jesus, but at the same time he was fearful of what others might think or how they would treat him if they found out. Friends, we need to give up the expectation that we will be condemned by our peers if we seek Jesus openly, we should be more concerned about our life in Christ than what our friends might think. Here's something for us to consider. We stopped our reading today at verse 17, but it goes on. Listen to these verses that follow. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So friends, we are to express our belief with an openness that allows the, the light of Christ to shine on us, but also through us to those that are around us. To do this, I say we are to give up expectations of prosperity and ease in our life of faith and give up the notion that plans for our life in Christ will be just riddled with all kinds of details. Give up the desire for full clarity of our faith. But seek out your faith and embrace the mystery. Give up our striving to earn our way to the kingdom and then let go of the fear of condemnation by a world that does not know Jesus. But it's the one we seek. Friends, hear this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So give up the expectations that may be clouding your outlook. And expect a new life in Christ to shape your reality in Christ. Amen. Please rise as we sing our closing hymn, A Charge to Keep I Have.
As you go today, be thinking about how to change your expectations in for seeking, in order to seek the one who guides us in all things. Go in peace in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.